Zone friends. Ben Weber here. Six days ago in Los Angeles, California, on February 22nd, 2017, at 10.36 a.m. Pacific time, a baby was born to my sweet, darling friends, Sage and Julia. She entered the world at nine pounds and was 21 inches long. She has 10 fingers and 10 toes and a radiant beautiful chubby face oh my her name is mira eleanor hi mira welcome baby zoners i'm sharing the birth of this baby with you because it is in fact the most important moment of my life thus far i gave my sperm to sage and julia so that this baby could exist I am the biological father of Mira Eleanor, but I am not her parent. Mira has two extraordinary moms who got a very helpful assist from me. Uh, But uh, as you can imagine, I'm sitting here in my my cozy Brooklyn bedroom, having a, a huge assortment of feelings. And so, my sweet zoners... I am harnessing my my public processing platform of the coziest podcast on the planet to share with you what is going on in my heart-mind. 
in terms of this baby. I wrote a little letter to Mira that I will share with you today. Even if you're not a six-day-old LA-based baby, you'll probably enjoy it. Should be a little something in there for everyone. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this very special, very earnest, very uh, vulnerable episode of Cozy Zone with Ben Weber. Here's my letter. Dear Mira Eleanor, hello, baby. Welcome to this life. I'm so happy you are here. I want to introduce myself. My name is Ben Weber. I'm a huge fan of your mom's. I have a uh, hit podcast, Cozy Zone with Ben Weber. That's me. Uh, It's the coziest podcast on the planet. Mm -hmm. A podcast, uh, you probably don't know what that is, but it's it's like a radio show on the internet. Oof. Uh, Okay. I I suppose I have to explain radio and show and internet. You know what? You're going to... You're going to get it. You're going to get the hang of it. I know you will. Okay, so who am I? I'm a guy who really loves art. I love making it and talking about it. Uh, I work at a theater for kids and families in New York City in a place called Times Square, which uh, I'll introduce to you someday, but uh, it's a big, bright, loud, disgusting center of the world. Um, you know, I love making people laugh. Uh, that's something I like to do. I have big plans to make you laugh for so many years, Mira. Get ready. I love love. I love romance. I love a woman named Nicolette. She's on episode one of Cozy Zone with Ben Weber. Uh, I live with Nicolette in Brooklyn, New York. I also love a woman named Jen. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about love when you're a little older because it's wonderful and complicated. and There's a lot to say. And frankly, I'm, I'm still wrapping my mind around the whole thing. Uh, so why am I telling you all of this? You're probably thinking, oh, okay, I'm a newborn baby. Hooray. Wow. Wow, the whole world is so exciting and it's so new. And everyone's so excited that I'm here and they're sending me gifts. And Ben Weber from the Cozy Zone is making this special podcast episode because that's what always happens when there's a newborn baby. Yay. That's that's what the universe is. And I, I totally get that point of view. I understand that. I can I can really understand why you're thinking that. Um. But it's really important for me to say that you're not just any sweet, chubby, gorgeous baby. Um, I gave your moms my sperm so you could exist. Okay? So it actually feels quite important to explain all this, to break it down. Okay, so um, what does this mean? All living things have a genetic code called DNA, or deoxyribonucleic acid, and that DNA contains all of the information for how that living thing is put together. Um, life, uh, which as far as we know is human beings, that's what we are, we are, we are human beings, uh, only exists here on our planet, Earth. Okay, so we're, we're on the uh, third planet from the sun, the sun is a star, we exist in the cosmos, which is is beyond our ability really to to comprehend, and we're we're just sort of learning about it. Um, so life, you know, we life is very rare and precious, um, and so on our planet over over hundreds of millions of years, different types of life from from super tiny single celled organisms, which you actually were at one point. Um, to fish, uh, they are little things that swim in the ocean. To dinosaurs, you and I, you and I are going to talk a lot about dinosaurs. Uh, I promise. Uh, uh, to monkeys, and we're we're definitely going to make some monkey noises. Ooh, 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 ah, ah. 
yeah, can you make some monkey noises, Mira? You're you're young, uh, but we'll get there. Don't worry. Um, so, okay, all all of this life has developed different strategies to pass along their particular DNA, so that life can continue. Okay, so when I say I gave your mom's my sperm, it means you have half of my DNA and half of your mom Sage's DNA. So technically, biologically, you could say that I am your father. But I mentioned that we are human beings, and human beings have a a special quality uh, that we call consciousness. Okay, So consciousness is the ability to know with our, our brains that we are alive and that we have thoughts and we are aware of our position as thinking, feeling beings in the world. And that is very unique to life on Earth, okay? So as far as we know, we are the only creatures with consciousness. Um, and and, And as humans, we also have something called language. So you're experiencing spoken language right now. You're already forming the connections in your brain. You'll need to produce a language of your own. And there's also written language, and you're going to learn all about the alphabet, and you'll be able to read someday, and it's going to be great. And so you're going you're gonna to have a lot of language. Okay? So because of consciousness and the, the complexity of emotions and social networks and the imperfect way that we convey meaning through language, saying that I'm your father isn't quite right. You know, that's, that's not exactly who I am to you, but I, I am something to you. I want to be something to you. It's very important that I am something. Maybe not your, your father, okay? Uh, so really, I'm, right now, I'm grappling with this question. Who am I to you? Okay, let me let you in on my who am I to you journey here, okay? So at the beginning of this whole process, I was calling myself the Spunkle, haha, which is funny and a little naughty, sperm, what I gave your mom's uncle, a family role that I might play in your life, okay? Spunk is also another word for sperm. <sighs> Traditionally, an uncle and an aunt is the sibling of your parents, um, and uh, it's also inspired by what author and activist uh, S. Bear Bergman calls his donor family members, a sparkle, and the offspring of a sparkle is a sparkling. But, you know, now that you're here, I, I'm not really feeling spunkle. Like, it's not not really a laughing matter, and it's, you know, it just wasn't working. Um, I, I read an article uh, my therapist gave me about uh, donor families of this kind, kind and uh, that gave me the phrase donor dad, which I really liked. The uh, the young one couldn't really say donor dad, so so uh, they would say donut dad, which is very cute. Um, but again, as I mentioned before, dad is is a little heavy and fraught, and I'm not your dad, even though I'm really in the market to be a, a truly benevolent presence in your life. So I've been talking with your moms and doing a lot of thinking myself, and I'd, I'd like to try something out with you. Now, this doesn't have to be forever, but... As of now, I would like to be your donor dude. What do you think? <laughs> For me, donor dude, it makes me smile. It makes me think about the, the movie uh, The Big Lebowski that we'll watch someday when you're a little older. It's sweet to think of myself as someone's dude. Like, hey, Mira, I'm your dude. I'm your donor dude. Huh? What do you think? Yeah, we'll try it out. So for now, I'm, 
I'm your donor dude, Mira. I, I've got to tell you, though, your origin story, it is, it is epic. So get cozy. Let me, let me lay on this, this epic story of how you came to be in the world. Okay, so I met your moms in applied theater grad school in New York City. Okay, and I, I think you're going to be one of the rare human beings on the planet who will always know what applied theater is. For those of you who don't, it is an umbrella term referring to uh, performing arts practices that are used for things other than entertainment, including education, social justice, and community building. Okay. Um, but for you, Mira, it's going to be part of, of the basics. You're going you're gonna to learn colors and numbers and animal sounds and circle games and tableau and Augusta Boal, and shapes, and food, and anti-oppressive pedagogy. It's a good life, Mira. So I first became close to your mom, Julia. She is very wise, and funny, and fierce. She's from Chicago. I'm from Milwaukee. We know some of the same people, so we have this sort of Midwestern uh, connection, you know. Um, and, And she really has, like, this profound spirit of a community organizer. Whenever I spend time with her, she's, she's doing something. She's on the move. You know, she's doing something in the name of justice, like mapping out a march route or editing protest copy or like folding uh, leaflets. She's, she reminds me of like a young Ruth Bader Ginsburg with curly hair. She's, uh, she's incredible. And your mom, Julia, fell in love with your mom, Sage, who was a dear colleague that I admired deeply, but from a a bit more of a distance. Your mom, Sage, is like fairy royalty. You know, she's like Stooky Stackhouse, uh, played by Anna Paquin from television's True Blood. We're also going to watch that, I hope. I got to ask permission from your moms if we can watch True Blood. Um, uh, It's a little violent, a little sexy. It's about vampires. You don't need to know about vampires quite yet. But, okay, so Sage, though, she, she possesses these profound powers of healing and empathy and gentle leadership that seem to flow directly from the spirit world. Sage, when you, you are around her, it's like she is glowing or, or maybe like she is, is kindling the light from inside you. She's a, she's a magical person. So your moms graduated from applied theater grad school. They got their MAs. They moved to L.A. and they got engaged to be married. And so Julia came to visit me in in Nicolette in October 2014, and at breakfast during the final morning of her trip, Julia asked me if I would consider being the known sperm donor if and when she and Sage wanted to start a family. Oh, my. Wow. Uh, Oof. Lots of things flooded into my mind in that moment. I, I was so flattered. This is, I mean... Truly a profound, come on, hey, you're very handsome and sweet. Can I have your number so I can call you and use your genetic material to create a loving family? I think you're so fundamentally great that we want to make a being that resembles you. That's amazing. That is so sweet and so uplifting and validating. I I, I was so touched, but I was also so frightened would I be responsible for this child forever? Would I want to take responsibility for this child? How would I deal with my inevitable, complicated, overwhelming feelings? And what did it mean for my 
own family plans? How would my sweetie Nicolette feel about it? How would she be affected? What would my parents think? Would I be able to handle the way that my life would profoundly shift? So I said I'd think about it. Ten months passed. Sage and Julia got married on August 29th, 2015. Nicolette and I were invited to be the Badchanim at their wedding. Uh, and these are the folks who are responsible for rejoicing the bride and bride, according to ancient Jewish tradition. We were the, the goofy master and mistress of ceremonies during the wedding meal, inviting family and friends to come forward and entertain the brides. It was a most beautiful wedding, and we danced our butts off. Uh, and it, I think it was at the wedding. It really was, bearing witness to the love of Sage and Julia amongst their community their family, both blood and chosen, that I decided, without a doubt, that I was going to give your moms my sperm. All right, cut to Boxing Day, December 2015. Nicolette and I drive to L.A. from San Diego, where we are visiting family and friends. Sage, Julie, and Nicolette and I have a big lunch and talk about sperm donation logistics and feelings. The moms have been doing a lot of research on the legal implications of creating a queer family as well as the necessary choreography uh, of an at-home insemination. I learn a lot, and I talk about my feelings and, and talk about maybe the kind of communication I would be hoping for and just sort of get everyone ready for the deluge of feelings that are definitely going to come. After lunch, I, I meet up with my friend Max. You can hear him in episode 19 of Cozy Zone with Ben Weber, and who at the time is living in Sydney, Australia, but is in town visiting his family. Uh, Nicolette's ex is in town, so she meets up with him. And Max and I hike around the Griffiths Observatory and really throw out. We have big, big talks about family and love and Star Wars, The Force Awakens. We land at the Dresden Room and have a spirited conversation, as always, about politics. In the evening, we all meet up with our friend Rami, who's in episode 27 of Cozy Zone with Ben Weber, at a Los Feliz Mexican restaurant. I am brimming with joy being all together with this incredible chosen family. Over the next few months, your moms and I put together a loving-kindness contract a document that states our intentions, both state-sanctioned, Sage and Julie will be your legal parents, I will not, and emotional, your moms think I'm great, I think your moms are great. Here's a little excerpt from our our contract. Sage and Julia, who are married, have asked Ben Weber to be a known donor as they attempt to start a family. The couple met Ben in graduate school in 2010, and the three have been good friends ever since. Sage and Julia see in Ben a kind heart, a creative thinker, and a fierce ally. In his relationship with his partner, Nicolette, Ben has demonstrated an ability to communicate with respect and generosity and to work through challenging emotions with loving kindness. Ben's humor, integrity, and artistic spirit are just some of the reasons that Sage and Julia care for him and have asked him to be part of this process. Ben has agreed to assist Sage and Julia because he deeply loves and respects them as individuals and their loving partnership. Both Sage and Julia possess the ideal qualities of loving, nurturing, and overall exemplary parents. 
Sage is deeply attuned to the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of everyone in her path. She is grounded, graceful, generous, and strong, bringing light and love to anywhere she is present. Julia possesses an exquisite mind and formidable courage. She encounters life's challenges with wisdom and grace and bundles up her loved ones with her bright heart. In their partnership, Ben has observed the ways in which they cultivate the best in each other. They build a bond based on love and support, fueled by beauty, laughter, community, and hope for a better world. There is no doubt in Ben's mind that Sage and Julia would make exceptional parents. He will proudly take part of the process to bring a life into the world under their parental care. In preparation, I got a thorough doctor's examination, STI tests, and worked on keeping my body free of intoxicants. All right, we're, we're at May 2016. Uh, a week before I'm to fly to L.A., I see Mike Albo's one-man show, Sperm Hood, at Dixon Place. Mike is a Brooklyn-based writer and performer who shares his story of being a sperm donor to his dear lesbian friends. A few things struck me about the performance. Mike takes us into his deep emotional world throughout the whole process, unleashing insights about doubts and insecurities about love and romance and relationships in his own life. Next, his process took a very long time. He would go to the fertility clinic month after month for years without success, only until the team took a relaxing trip upstate without the clinical setting of a clinic did the pregnancy happen. I was so moved by seeing this story dramatized before my eyes and, and left feeling, I guess, seen and relieved, but also bracing myself for a very long process filled with complicated emotions. Okay, May 20th. 2016, insemination weekend comes. Right before I get in my cab and head to the airport, Nicolette sweetly poses for some pictures to inspire the whole process. They are awesome. A beloved artifact from your origin story, Mira. As I'm sitting on the plane, I realize I'm not exactly sure how the insemination is going to go. As you will learn someday, not too soon, there are nearly infinite ways to get sperm into position to meet an egg. Would your moms be looking for a direct deposit, as depicted in the Spike Lee film, She Hate Me? Probably not, but anything is possible. Where would I be? Where would they be? I, I've been abstaining from making any deposits for the last 72 hours, so my, my generally busy mind is, is a touch more graphic than usual. Uh, as soon as I arrived in L.A., your moms gave me my very clear briefing. Uh, my battle station, the bathroom. My target, a cute little mason jar lovingly sterilized in boiling water on the stove. My equipment, uh, my MacBook Air, and a generous helping of coconut oil just to keep everything smooth. After I had hit the target, I was to knock on the bedroom door where it would be intercepted by Julia, who would then deliver the payload to Sage uh, using a, a feeding syringe. At this point, uh, or rather at that point, I was to leave the premises as quickly as possible so that your moms could engage in some special grown-up magic. Once dissemination had occurred, I would then make my way back to your mom's house. End of story. A very clear procedure. Excellent boundaries. 
I was ready to dance. So we eat a delicious meal at home. We watch Bring It On, which is a weird cheerleading movie, uh, and go to bed. The next day, we go to the neighborhood credit union to get our loving kindness contract and our California statutory forms for assisted reproduction notarized. We sit down with a kind notary public who nearly turns us away because we're not all credit union members. And what exactly are you you looking to get notarized today? We, We give her our best, blushing, cute, queer, family maker faces and slide the forms in front of her and give her some insistent eyebrows. Oh, I I see. Let me see what I can do, she says. Our hero notary notarized our documents. Hooray. We stopped at a CVS to pick up our little feeding syringe. That would be our, our key insemination tool. We cool our heels at Barnsdale Art Park, a beautiful green space, on a Los Feliz hilltop framed by airy classical structures. I doze a little, reckon with the chatter in my mind a little, and sit quietly while your moms do some reading. Then it's go time. We get back to the house, light some candles, and put on some vinyl. Stevie Wonder's original Musiquarium. Insemination session number one goes swimmingly. I make my deposit, hand it off to Julia, and I scoot out of the house. I head to the Los Feliz Branch Library and do some podcast editing. Episode 47, Spencer Lott. In what feels like no time at all, the moms call me back. We go to the Getty to see Robert Maplethorpe, the perfect medium. The flowers and the nudes and the the extreme bondage, it was the perfect pairing to our day. We drive to Venice to have tacos and margaritas. The next day, Sunday, I, I get the day off. I hang out with my friend Rami. We get a delicious, a delicious lunch at Mess Hall and go on a gorgeous hike. Monday morning is time for another insemination session. I hit my target, make the handoff, and scurry out of the house. This time, I head to a cute little cafe called Alcove. Again, I've brought all my podcasting stuff with me uh, because I, I'm finding that staying busy with creative work soothes me. Alcove doesn't have Wi-Fi, so of course I I feel a bit trapped. So I venture to another two-hip cafe, brew, coffee bar, and and try to think about something other than the possibility of my little swimmers creating another human being that will have a life and a consciousness and emotions and will feel pain and joy and disappointment and rage. And because they'll share my genetics, they'll probably also be able to see how truly weak and frightened I am as a person, and they'll tell the whole world, and then everyone will stop loving me. Oh, my. I, uh, I think I, I had too many espressos that morning. <sighs> the moms call me back, and I bring them some gluten-free scones. Sage drives me to the airport, and we manage to have a nice conversation, even though it's clear that there's a, a pretty strong subtext to the conversation, which is, uh, yes, my sperm is inside you now. Uh, it will live there up to three days. Yes, your sperm is inside me. My wife put it there. And now we're having a conversation as if we are more than sperm and a womb. Ha! More than sperm and a womb. Preposterous! (sighs) I've already booked my return flight. And we're going to be doing this for at least six months. It could take years. I don't know how I'm going to handle it because this is super intense. But I'll do my best. I get back home to Brooklyn and I wait. June 12th. 2016. 
So on this morning, we all wake up to the horrible news of the biggest mass shooting in American history at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. I gather myself together and head to a street fair in Williamsburg where I am planning on doing some live Cozy Zone recording. Uh, Your moms give me a call, and they tell me they're pregnant. Oh, my. Wow. I I can't believe it. The stars were aligned. Sage, Julie, and I completed our mission with fierce precision and love. I decide to go back to L.A. anyway to celebrate this. But the news that you are on the way is, is challenging to hear amidst the news of this profound tragedy. Mira, I'm so sorry to say that the world you've just entered is filled with suffering. I was telling you about human beings and how special they are because of language and consciousness, but they are also really fantastic at, at inflicting pain on each other. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of despair. But the beautiful thing about you, Mira, and about all brand new babies is that welcoming you, loving you, gives us all another chance to say yes to light and hope and sweetness. You are already perfect, but the world around you is is very far from it. And no matter how hard we try, we will never be able to protect your perfection. But I promise we will try. So you're cooking in your mom's sage for nine months, and I'm in pretty profound denial about your impending arrival. And I know there are a lot of complex feelings knocking around inside me, but I'm basically numb to them. I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to talk about this. I visit your mom's in September. Sage has this extraordinary bump. That's you. (laughs) I tear up for a moment, but my defenses quickly sweep all big feelings away. Cut to a week before you arrive. I I think my feelings finally emerge. Mira, I'm curious to see how you deal with anxiety in the future. Um, I have to tell you, your donor dude processes anxiety with his stomach. Okay, so we're at Wednesday, February 15th. I wake up feeling terrible. I think it might be a a hangover from a lovely Valentine's Day dinner with Nicolette. I go to rehearsal for Drew Peterson's new play, The Prize Fighter of PS217, and I I nearly have an irreparable accident on the Q train. Uh, Irreparable in the fact that uh, it's very embarrassing uh, when when you're a little older than you to poop your pants. Uh, So I almost pooped my pants on the Q train. Thursday, February 16th, I feel terrible. I have no appetite. I go to therapy. I manage to eat a little. Friday, February 17th, all morning, I have the most explosive diarrhea. I call in sick to rehearsal. Saturday, February 18th, I have no appetite. I go to rehearsal. Sunday, February 19th, I can only eat little bits of bland things. Monday, February 20th, I'm feeling better. I think my feelings are working themselves out. I I realize, though, I don't know how you're going to be born. Are are Sage and Julia going to go to the hospital? What are they going to do? Oh, but I discover it's going to be at Gratitude Birthing Center in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, and it it is so beautiful, so relaxing, 
I'm very excited for them and you. Tuesday, February 21st, your moms email us in the morning that you are on your way. It's Rami's birthday. We have set up a little love altar and a candle. I like the candle. Wednesday, February uh, 22nd, there's no word from your mom, your moms. It's been over 24 hours. I'm so distraught, but I'm trying to keep it cool. I go to therapy. When I emerge from therapy, I learn that you have arrived. 10.36 a.m. Pacific time, 9 pounds, 21 inches. You're a girl. No name yet. I got to wait until Thursday, February 23rd. That's Nicolette's birthday, and we learn your name is Mira Eleanor. Mira Eleanor, you have changed my life forever. The star stuff that lives inside me and has lived inside my ancestors now lives inside you. The very cells of my body are singing for you. It feels like every action I take matters so much more deeply. I can't help but live my life in your honor. I want to love you and protect you and know you and share with you. I want to be the best donor dude there is. I love you, Mira Eleanor. I can't wait to meet you. We are intimately finding our peaceful, cozy zone. And then he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing is cozy zone. <laughs> <laughs>